welcome to another episode of Great People TV. Hope you're really, really well. Sorry that I haven't brought an episode to our screens lately, but I was quite busy with the Southeast Asian Games in Cambodia. I was helping the women's football team at the recent SEA Games. So more about that if you want to read about that on my Instagram and my other social media at benibrahim underscore. But please, as usual, please support Great People TV, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and yeah, that's basically our social media platforms. But tonight, we've got a very, very special guest, as usual. I, I'll be very honest with you. He's a very busy man. I've been tracking him for a very, very long time. Well, in the flesh, or on digital flesh, the one and only Brendan Gunn, who is the captain of the Slango Football Club here in Malaysia. He's won many, many domestic titles in Malaysia. And he's also part of the Malaysian national football team that's trying to progress further up the FIFA rankings and hopefully one day Malaysia will qualify for the World Cup inshallah God willing Brendan thank you so much for being on Great People TV man how are you thank you very much for having me first of all I know it's taken a while to get to this point but um yeah it's great to be here and and I'm um, looking forward to, to having Absolutely. a good chat like with I you. said Brendan it's uh, very very toned down compared to your very serious football interviews on when you play your football matches and you're giving your captain's report to the re relative pundits of this world. But tonight is just a digital coffee shop conversation. Basically, I mean, you've had such an amazing football career here in Malaysia ever since you took the plane from Perth, where you're originally from. Uh, you're, you're from Sydney, sorry. From Sydney. From Sydney, from Sydney. And you're with your, your Australian yeah. <laughs> mother and your, your father from Surimban. And you said, okay, and you said, okay, yes, I'm going to go and get back, get back in touch with the roots, the Malaysian football way. So how do you mm -hmm. look at this journey for mm -hmm. you coming back to Malaysia and not just coming back to Malaysia, but playing football for Malaysia? Yeah, I guess, um, looking back on it now, you know, it's been a long time since I've made that move, but, uh, looking back on it now, it was for me, I guess a risky move. Um, I think. A lot of young players do go uh, through that sort of um, part of their career where they think, you know, am I stagnating? Do I need a different uh, avenue or, or different uh, pathway for the career? Um, well, just a just a different adventure. Um, and I, I know I know a lot of people, uh, not a lot of players in Malaysia, they also go through that um, at a young age as well. Um, and uh, I thought that uh, this was such a good opportunity to you know, get back to, to my father's um, home country. And uh, I've obviously been here on holidays a lot of times and got a lot of family still here in Saramban and in KL and, and really all over um, Malaysia. Uh, my father had quite a big family. So, um, yeah, they all kind of dispersed um, all across Malaysia and, and all across the world um, in different countries. So, yeah, to get back here was, was um, you know, for my father, a, an amazing thing. Um, he was so happy for me to, to get back here and, and really, um, you know, test myself in, in uh, uncharted waters, uh, I'd probably say. And um, I didn't know what I was coming into. I came from um, Sydney FC where we had uh, just won titles. Um, we won championships. And, uh, you know, we were part of like a really, uh, quite a professional um, background in terms of facilities, in terms of how they manage the clubs and, and the A-League coming, uh, becoming uh, more of a force within Asia. And, uh, yeah, for me to make that move was, um, I wouldn't say a culture shock, but um, a shock in terms of uh, what, what I was expecting. Um, you know, a lot of people say they, they go across uh, the world or go across to other countries and, and uh, they don't have expectations. But really in the back of their mind, 
they do have some sort of expectations because of where they have come from, right? So um, for me, um, it was it was just about enjoying football again and, and um, you know, doing what I love, which is competing and uh, getting on the pitch and, and really testing myself uh, to see what um, I can become and, and, and how I can really fulfill my potential. So um, it was a good decision for me to come back to Malaysia and, and um, you know, really learn what my father went through when he was growing up as a kid and uh you know it was a great time for me coming back to Sabah first and you know then I moved to Kotobaru and then Perak and now Selangor so I've kind of You're been all Asian. over the place in Malaysia <laughs> and um you know it's been yeah I, I, I... yeah so so I had a lot of um experience within Malaysia and um in different different areas and uh it's been amazing to be honest with you. I've learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the culture, and um, you know, I've really, really enjoyed my time um, in Malaysia so far. Fantastic. So, how old were you when you came to Malaysia from Sydney? Um, I, so I was twenty-four when I first um, stepped into into Malaysia, and uh, I came actually um, as a foreign player um, to Sabah. Right. And um, we didn't have the best of years that year. It was the first year that uh, Malaysia was allowed foreigners back into the league. Yeah. Um, yep. There was two foreigners only allowed. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we didn't do amazing that year. Um, it was kind of a year for me to step outside of my comfort zone um, and uh, not have that silver platter of, of a professional club um, in terms of, again, the facilities, the um, you know, uh, everything is done for you before you even turn up to the to yeah. the, the ground and, you know, the training session. All you really have to do is focus on football, right? Um, but as a foreigner coming um, to Sabah, beautiful, beautiful place in Kota, uh, Kota Kinabalu, one of the most amazing places that I've ever lived. And um, have, I have a, still have a lot of friends uh, within that team and, and, and over in uh, KK as well. And um, my time there... I would never say was a disappointment. Um, obviously, it was a disappointment in terms of uh, how we, how the results were um, at the end of the season. But um, at the end of the day, I learned a lot about Malaysia, a lot about myself. Um, I had a lot of growth within that year. And um, yeah, it, it was just a, an amazing time um, for me to be able to uh, progress my career. Nice. Thanks for sharing that with us. And I know I didn't send you this question in the... Uh email or the whatsapps that i sent you but i have to ask you this question because like you said i don't like the word foreigner i like to use the word international talent you came to malaysia as two words really you came to malaysia as an international talent but then you became malaysian and Mm -hmm. malaysia is not an easy country for an international talent because malaysia unlike most countries you're only allowed one passport so yeah. tell us about that sacrifice because you come from the mad sporting country of Australia and I studied mm-hmm. in Australia, as you can tell, and yep. for a long time. And I know everybody, every kid there dreams about wearing the green and gold. So mm-hmm. tell us about that dream of not, I had to sacrifice that dream of the green and gold, but wearing the yellow Harimau Malaysia, you know, I mean, it's two different things, but you had to make a choice. So tell us about that choice. Yeah, it's funny when you when you use the word um, not not necessarily international, but talent. Yep. Um, I guess like when I was growing up, I've never been uh, that talented player in terms of you know I'm not going to step on the field and do ten step overs, beat a player, beat another player, and and put a top corner right. So um, I never never saw myself as that player, and um, I saw myself as the motivator, the hard worker, 
the the person to to lead the pack when when things aren't going well when things become tough um i was always that one that would go beyond um anyone or i'll try to outwork anyone on the field um i think that was the 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 way that um i was able to uh find my path within within football and um as you say you know australia is is you know you could play every single sport growing up as a child right and and you still wouldn't know which one you would prefer so um yeah i was that type of person um i grew up playing every type of sport um whether it was individual or team related my parents uh really liked me to just be involved in everything and anything that i could be involved in um they could see that i was probably actually it was probably just to get rid of me because i was probably a bit of a handful as a kid I probably had too much energy. I was running around, and and uh, and so they probably put me into every sport just so I could uh, come home and, and sleep well at night. So um, yeah, I, I played a, a lot of sports back in Australia, and um, I, I'm grateful for that because um, I have that background of of being able to pick up really anything and 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 run with it and um, have fun doing it as well. Um, so I'm grateful for that from my parents. But um, yeah, my father has a background in football. Um, he played in Malaysia and, and all, not at a high level, but then he went to Australia and, and played at a, a, a semi high level. And, um, he was the one that's always loved football, um, from, from a young age. Um, he got me into loving West Ham as a team and, uh, you know, maybe that's not the greatest thing that I should be sharing with everyone because uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a top four, but, uh, you know, they, they've, uh, they've always been my team that I support. And, um, so I, I do have that background of football with my father. And uh, it came down to really, um, which not many people know about, uh, I had to kind of choose between badminton and football. In oh. terms of badminton, uh, obviously Australia aren't the greatest in no, the world, no. right? So so um, I just did it because I enjoyed it. And my father loved it. And obviously with the Malaysian background, he got us into a badminton club in Australia and yeah, I just ran with it because, you know, it was something that uh, I enjoyed and, and was okay at as well. So, um, yeah, it got to like, I got to a, uh, a state to national level and, um, yeah, I had to choose between them. And uh, my father said, you know, whatever you love more, I'd, you know, go with what your heart feels. So, um, yeah, football was the one because I, I think it's um, – I'm a very team-orientated person. Yeah. Um, I feed off energy of, of players around me and uh, – um, I also, as I said, love to motivate and, and, and hopefully, you know, that will, that will turn into results at the end of the day. So I was always, um, you know, you know, moved towards football a little bit more and drawn to it. Um, so yeah, I ran with that and, uh, went through the whole rep, uh, upbringing in, in, uh, Australia. And, uh, once I found my calling in terms of going through the rep process, uh, the representative process, um, that was when I, I you know, really put the work in to, to become better and better. So, um, yeah, that was kind of like the, the background of, of the, the, how the football came about. And, um, you know, my father was a big influence in that and um, grateful that he was able to push me towards something that, you know, now I really, really love. So, um, yeah, that, that was kind of a bit of the background into how I got into the football scene within Australia. Yeah. No, and that's a really good story. And also just the, the second part of that question that I asked earlier, because... I mean, when you came to Malaysia, I mean, you became a Malaysian and, you know, yep. you've done yep. really, really well. But because you, you had to make a choice, do I stick to be Australian 
you know, or do I go to to be a Malaysian, you know? And because yep. you can only you can only have one. You can only play yep. for Malaysia. Or you can play for Australia. So yep. was that a tough choice for you? Um, for me, realistically, I don't think I was good enough to play um, for Australia. You know, the Australian football team is uh, you know made up of European stars. Um, you know, you got Timmy Cahill in there. You had Brad Emerton at the time, if, if you if you remember him. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know, Aaron Moy. Yeah. You know, Trent Sainsbury, Stan, Stan Lazaridis, John Aloisi. Yeah, you know? like yeah. The, these guys. Are, you know, I played with John Aloisi in in, in my team in Sydney, and uh, you know, playing with these players, you, you kind of get a feeling of where you sit in the football <laughs> yes. world, right? Yes. Um, these are world class. These are world class players. Exactly. These guys are these guys have played in World Cups, right? So, um, it's it's got to that it got to that point um, where. And and I'm not I'm not playing down um, Malaysia or anything like that. No, no, um, not at all. I just think that uh, when I when I came to Malaysia, the opportunity arose for me to um, become become a uh, heritage player, and uh, then that was the choice of do I, you know, trade up the passports and become become full Malaysian, full fled Malaysian, and uh, you know, obviously I'll always have the Australian as my 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 background because that was where I was born. Um, and raised but um, again you know I, I, I inside deep inside I always say this um, to my family you know deep inside I always had that sense of yearn, uh, yearning to, to find the place of where I really belong and sure. um, and uh, you know being in Malaysia and uh, having a career in Malaysia I truly feel like Malaysia is, is a part of me and um, I've truly felt that from when I first came here as well so um, I think it was a pretty easy decision at the time. It yes. was, um, it was really, you know, a conversation that lasted, you know, five minutes, and uh, it came down to, hey, you know, we we would, you know, love to bring you in as a as a local player. Um, obviously, uh, that opens up a, a foreign uh, international talent spot, um, and uh, you know, I was all for that. So, you know, it was, um, you know, the first club that I was at, Kelantan, were the ones who. Um, push for me to to become Malaysian and, and get the passport, and um, you know I, I ran with it, and um, you know I haven't looked back since, and it's been the, probably the best decision I've made um, in my footballing career. You've had a stellar career with Malaysia. You won Cup, Malaysia Cups. You've won many, many medals, trophies. I remember the, the I mean, your captain of Selangor, which is basically the Liverpool or Man United of uh, Malaysia. I mean, big, big fan base. You guys are doing very well at the moment, second on the table if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, very competitive, challenging for honours. But you had a bit of a challenge last year in terms of that you had cancer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I know certain family members of mine have gone through that experience, but tell, can you just tell our audience what was that experience like from receiving the news to what was going through your head? Can I play football again? Can I live again? And to where you're sitting right now with a big positive smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, as you say, you know, like so many people, and and I like to always start off like this. You know, so many people are going through hard times. Um, it's not just people going through cancer. It, it can be it can be anything. You know, it can be just a mental illness, or um, it can be someone just you know having a bad day. Um, everyone goes through these moments of of why me, and uh, I think that's the big thing that you ask yourself first when you do go through these type of things. So. To hear the, uh, to hear the, and it was actually quite funny because um, um, we were at the World Cup qualifiers in Dubai, actually, 
and um, that was during COVID. We were on lockdown, um, basically couldn't couldn't leave our um, hotel. Uh, went through that process, and then uh, had to come back to Malaysia and go through a two week quarantine. Um, and that's where I, I kind of felt some. Obviously, I, I had. I don't want to go too deep into it, but I felt some things before and been through doctors and whatnot and um, nothing had come back and uh, felt some things throughout that quarantine and uh, thought I needed to investigate it because, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i that type of person that gets general checkups anyway and, uh, you know, tries to look after myself. I eat healthy, uh, you know, obviously work out all the time and um, take care of myself. Um, so for me to, uh, you know, think to myself, okay, I really need to get this checked out. Um was was the best thing that I could have done for myself because uh, when I walked into that room, I walked in with a smile. Um, the doctor had a smile on his face when he first uh, when we first had a chat. Um, it was kind of a jovial situation, and um, I always remember that. I always remember how jovial it was and and how uplifting it was. It was a you've got nothing to worry about type of demeanor. Obviously, then went through the scans and whatnot, and uh, you know his face changed from jovial to very serious within a split second not so, not so jovial yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so um yeah so i think that was the moment where i had to then sort of draw on the past experience of 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 two acl surgeries that i had to go through um and they were some they were probably the the, the worst times in my career or in my life um you know, before this this uh, big C came to, came to fruition. So, um, yeah, I had to draw on those things. Um, I'd been through negative things in in my past, and I believe that that really uh, built my mental state um, and my mental capability to be able to deal with whatever was going to come next. So, yeah, the the doctor obviously told me through the scans that I um, had a had a tumor, and uh, it all happened so quick. Um, I remember uh, having a good friend there with me. Um, Darren Locke was there with me at the time. Um, my family and his family were, were his family was back in the UK and, and my family was back in Australia at the time. And, uh, we kind of lent on each other in, in those moments. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those, one of those things that, um, is never nice to hear, but it's, it was, for me, it was a great thing to hear because I could then do something about it. Um, if I didn't go to that and didn't hear about that, potentially I wouldn't be here anymore. So um, the doctor did did say that it was it was very aggressive and um, next the next day we needed to go into surgery and, and get it out immediately um, because uh, they needed to see if it had spread throughout my body um, within the lymph gland, the lymph nodes and, and whatnot. So yeah, that was a, that was a tough time because um, I had to get on the phone and, and um, uh, call my family, uh, call my mother, my father, uh, my sisters, and really tell them what was going on first, because I, I don't know if you going through COVID and going through those lockdowns, FaceTime became quite a big thing. Zoom became quite a big thing, right? And um, when you always start a FaceTime call, it, it starts with a, hey, how are you doing? How's your day? What have you been up to? It doesn't start with, hey, I've got cancer. It always starts with uh, those type of conversations. And um, I think that was the hardest part about it. When you talk to your family, when you talk to your friends and you tell them, uh, about this, it always starts with a positive. And then it's a, hey, um, you probably should sit down for this. Um, do you have a moment for a serious chat? When that when that happens and, and when you see their face drop, um, you know, the tears start to flow straight away. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was really, really tough for me to be able to 
tell my family and 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 my loved ones um, what I was about to go through. Uh, obviously, during COVID, it was hard to travel. So um, my 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 family are my greatest supporters, but um, it was tough because they couldn't get back to Malaysia. Um, so they had to support me from from across the world as well. So um, yeah, going that. through that going through that was was super tough. Um, but I was I was I was confident in in, in everything, and I was I was uh, uplifted by the fact that this this doctor really cared, and um, I think that was the greatest part about it. This doctor really cared for me, and and he said, you know, we'll we'll get this sorted, we'll get this done, straight into surgery the next day, surgery done. Then uh, we found out that there was potential that um, it had spread, so straight into chemotherapy as well. Um, that the surgery, simple. I've been through surgeries before. No problem. That was easy. The chemotherapy, that was uh, a different story. Um, that was that was tough. That was really really tough. That was brutal. Um, brutal. Yeah, yeah. That's probably a good word to to use. You know, it was it was brutal. Um, in terms of being in a a cancer ward where there are people around you as well, going through tough tough yep. times, probably yep. worse than what I was going through. Um, yep. Hearing hearing uh, you know twenty four seven people vomiting, people screaming, um, it, it, it scares you. It scares you a lot. Um, and, and I don't, I don't scare that easy. I'm not that type of person to be too, too, too scared. Look like a scared guy. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, you know, I, I take it as, as a positive and I try to almost <laughs> vlog the experience, not just for myself, you know, just to, to see how I would react in these situations. And, um, that was tough. That was really, really tough. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't see my family for eleven months going through that. Um, I just had a, a little boy as well, and um, yeah, that was that was um, you know my saving grace was was my wife and and my my little boy. Um, you know, I had to be good for them. Um, that was my my only my only thought in my mind. Didn't think about football, um, which is funny because I love football so much, but yeah. I didn't didn't have didn't. It's not that I didn't have time. I just didn't feel the need to think about. I needed to think mm-hmm. about the family um, and uh, how I could get back to them, how they could get back to me. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was uh, derived on the fact that I had to get better and, um, you know, I had to get healthy and, and then we can, you know, get back to normal life. So for me, you know, it, it was a, obviously a negative experience, but now looking back on it, um, I think, you know, it's, it's been such a, I don't want to say such a good thing, but it, it, cause it's not the right, it's not the right word, but, if I can put it in simple terms, it was a good thing in terms of hopefully I can use this moment in my life to help others around me and and uh, help people who aren't just going through cancer but going through something in their life to be able to talk to someone, to be able to find someone that they can relate with, um, to find even even um, you know I've spoken to a lot of a lot of friends who are going through tough times and it's nothing medical, um, but because they know that I've gone through such um intense moments um they can put trust in me to be able to to talk to them as well uh so yeah obviously i don't want to um you know have this negative image and 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 especially for your for your show and and whatnot to be to no, bring the mood good, down and whatnot yeah. um no. but because because i am such a positive person you know i like to be able to share those hard moments but but turn it spin it into a way that we can all help each other and we can all um have a, a positive influence on each other rather than um, have such a well a positive influence in each other in such a negative world at the moment, right? There's so much negative stuff going around, and 
so easy to be negative um, rather than uh, and focus on the negatives rather than to find the positives within such a tough time. So for me, um, hopefully, you know, even 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 having this chat and people listening, you know, hopefully they can find that little moment, little spark. Um, I yeah, always totally. talk about I always talk about this um, uh, uh, this puzzle. Um, my wife bought me a puzzle uh, when I was going through cancer and it was delivered to my door. And um, it was a really tough puzzle. I'm telling you, this was like a 10,000-piece puzzle. So I'm not talking just like a little baby one, but 10,000-piece um, puzzle. And it, it took me weeks to do. And oh my to gosh. Find, I'd, I'd find, I'd find one, one piece. Every now and then I'd come back and I'd find one piece. But that one piece would allow me to find three, four, five other pieces and I always, I always think back to that, and, and and I love that, I love that analogy in terms of you know maybe you can be that one piece for someone to be able to find five other positive things, you know, within that situation. So you know, hopefully, hopefully there's there's a message out there that you can help someone around you, um, be that one puzzle piece to to allow them to find find the final image, um, and, and bring everything together. So hopefully that can that can help people out there that are going through tough times. Nice, nice. And just one last question on that. Um, now, I've spoken to a lot of your uh, colleagues and uh, mutual friends, and you are a positive guy. It's just amazing. And I'll be very honest, no, in, no offense to us Malaysians, but us Malaysians can sometimes be quite a negative lot. So, if, and it's, it's really, it's really uh, kind of productive, but it's hard with when, you get, or when you've got cancer. How would you encourage someone who is extremely negative, very cynical, to try to find that one positive piece of the jigsaw puzzle that you just mm-hmm. told about, to try to transform themselves to become positive? Because mm-hmm. staying positive is hard. I mean, mm-hmm. the medicine is easy. You you take the medicine, right? Sure. But yeah. Yep. But yep. this part is here, which is the toughest thing in the world to change. So, what's your views on that? Um, for me, for me, uh. In, to make it as simple as possible, you have to surround yourself with positive people. And I'm not talking about positive in terms of they're always just smiling, happy, this and that. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that still have the down moments, still have the tough times, but they're able to find that little bit of silver lining within that moment. Um, because everyone does go through those bad moments. There's no, there's no one that goes through life free, happy, positive and nothing about bad happens right um so i think as i said before it's so easy especially within our society right now to focus on negatives you uh to put it in 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 another term is if you have social media and uh you have ten thousand comments and nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine are positive and that one is negative you'll always remember that one you will always remember that one so it's so easy these days to to be able to to focus on those negatives um surround yourself with positive people po- people that will uplift you people that will tell you the truth when when you're when you're when you're being you know uh, narcissistic or, or sadistic or whatever it is you know pessimistic um when you're not having a good time you know get those people to to be honest with you and say you know let's do something about that you know um there's there's many channels there's many avenues um to be able to talk to people um, to be able to find something that you were happy with, um, because most of the time those negative people aren't happy with their themselves um, personally. So um, it's all about self building. Um, I, I love to listen to podcasts. 
you know, you, you, you do such a great podcast as well. And, uh, you know, Thanks, interview, video interviews and, and, um, you know, th- those type of things, like we're talking right now, um, we can, we can spread messages, we can help people, we can, um, and, and that's exactly what your program is, is great for, you know, Give, giving knowledge about people, but helping people that are listening in as well. So um, I think that, yeah, to answer your question, it is simply surround yourself with people that will be honest with you, um, will be, will try to find the silver linings and, um, and, and really uh, try to work on yourself as well every day because none of us are perfect. Um, we all have flaws. And um, we have to all continue to work on ourselves to, to you know, become a, a better person and also better people around you. Right. And the final question, mate, um, it's been a great conversation. Like we could continue this for hours. Yeah. But what's what what next for Brendan Gunn? You know, mm-hmm. like uh, the good old Aussie saying, he's a, he's a gun, which means he's, a, he, he's good at what he does. And you're very good at what you do. But, you know, mm-hmm. what's next for Brendan Gunn? Not just on the football pitch because mm-hmm. this is how I see you. I see you doing other good things mm-hmm. off the field as well and not just in football. Yeah. So what's the, what, what does the future look like? Yeah, um, I've always been that person who dives into something 100%. Um, and that was football. And uh, I've always given 100%. I'll, I still will give it 100% until I fall out of love with it. Um, but yeah, as you say, you know, there are things off the pitch that you want to work on. And um, I believe that... Uh, well, the first thing, the first thing would be um, to be selfless. Um, and uh, I've been so selfish in my career in terms of uh, um, my family giving up everything for me and, um, you know, moving to Malaysia and, and having family here in Malaysia. And uh, um, obviously my kids, uh, my ki- one of my, my children were born here and, uh, you know, my wife's stopped her career to, to um, you know, pursue mine and our career i guess um as we would say and uh you know she she's a really smart cookie she's um she's done her masters in uh uh, special education and um, i think i think uh the best times is when she was working and and had that smile on her face when she could you know come home and, and say you know um working with children with autism and uh you know say wow this this kid had a really good day today you know he was able to verbally communicate um, those things, when I see her smile, makes me really light up and, um, you know, that kind of motivates me off the pitch a little bit. And, uh, hopefully, um, I can now be selfless and, and, you know, within these next few years and, and, uh, moving on after that, um, and allow her to explore, not just being a mother. Um, I think that's where, um, you know, delving into another, another thing is, is, you know, women who have children, tend to see themselves as just mothers now, you know, and, and uh, I know that that's such a big job. That is the hardest job to do in the world. So um, for me to be able to be selfless and, and say, hey, you're not just a mother, um, you know, I want you to also let's build something together and, and um, you know, I don't know what that will be, but um, I know that in Malaysia, um, special education is not at the forefront of, of, of things, you know, it's gotten better over the years. Um, but I still believe there can be a lot of growth within that industry. And, um, you know, maybe there's an avenue where, um, you know, my wife's expertise can, can, can really help some people around, uh, and in Malaysia, whether that's if we, if, if, you know, if we stay in Malaysia or whatnot, who knows what the future holds, uh, you know, we could be in UK, we could be in USA, we could be in Canada, we could be in Africa, who knows where life takes you, right? 
Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe to be selfless in, in that fact, but, um, you know, individually and, and working on myself, um, you know, I've, I've always been working on trying to be some type of motivator, some type of, uh, inspiration, um, whether that's talking to, to, to crowds, whether that's, um, you know, having an, an, an avenue to explore that, that, um, I would love to also be able to, to do that as well. Um, whether that's, you know, for companies, for, uh, you know, just local football teams or whatever, whatever it may be. Right. Um, you know, um, I've always had that feeling where I could, you know, tell my story and also be able to inspire others and, and inspire companies to, to push themselves to, to their full potential. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking towards that type of thing. I don't know whether, you know, I want to be in football, um, after football. Um, but, uh, yeah, at the moment I'm really enjoying my time on the field. Um, you know, we're, we're at a stage where we can really push this, this Selangor team and, and, uh, we haven't reached our potential. We're nowhere near it. Um, not even close to where we want to be at the moment. So, um, we're continuing to work and, um, I'm really enjoying being that, um, leader and motivator for the team at the moment. And, um, hopefully I can continue to be that. And, uh, that hopefully will turn into, um, success and results come the end of the season as well. Oh, good on you, mate. I'm very confident that you and the Slango boys will do well. I mean, I don't know coach Tang Cheng Ho very well, but he seems like a very good guy. I've heard mm-hmm. a lot of positive things about him. Uh, Samba, the fitness trainer, I used to mm-hmm. work with him in basketball. He's okay. a great guy as well. Very positive yep. fella and very funny guy. Yep. So, yep. so, you mean, you're, you're in a good space. You're, you're with good people. Exactly. Uh, the Slango tradition, you know, it's, it's I think sometimes it's bigger than that Liverpool tradition, you know, capita, mm-hmm. country to country capita. It, it's massive. So, yep. um, you know, I'm very confident that you'll do very well on the pitch and off the pitch. So, Brendan Gunn, thank you so much for being with us. And, you know, it's been a great conversation. If you ever do need to come back and want to give some people that inspiration that you talk about, just hit me up with a WhatsApp, mate. I'll happily have you back on Great People TV to uh, tell your chat. So thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Have a great week and stay safe wherever you are around the world. And don't forget to follow all our social media platforms on Great People TV. My name is Ben Ibrahim, and on behalf of my guest, Brendan Gunn, be a gun like Brendan Gunn and reach for the stars and make sure that your dreams do come true because it's all about hard work. And there'll be some bumpy rides in between as well. But that's what life is all about. Take care, everybody. And thanks for watching Great People TV. See you next week.